Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. If, when you saw the title of today's talk, you were motivated to listen, you are in a small minority in the church today. I think I can get at least a bit of insight into where most church people are today by seeing what kinds of things they say on social media. Maybe that's not a good gauge of where people are, but when you consider how many people use it, I think it just might be. Many of the memes are quasi-Christian, more feel-good pop psychology than solid biblical statements. There's exceptions, of course. One of the things you see a lot, and this one doesn't always specifically come from Christians, is wishing certain deceased celebrities a quote-unquote happy birthday in heaven. Now, I'm not anybody's judge. God is the judge of all people. Let me just say that I'm not at all sure that all of the individuals who get these post-mortem birthday wishes are actually in heaven right now. But again, that's up to God. Now, I bring that up because uh, these expressions show that a lot of people believe in heaven, in some kind of happy afterlife. So let's talk about that for a minute. You all know that I look to the Bible for my spiritual authority. The opinions of men have changed throughout the centuries, but the Bible has not. Here's one for you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So it's saying here that if you're not holy, you're not going to see the Lord. As far as I can tell, the Lord is in heaven, so my inference is that without holiness, you're not going to heaven where the Lord is. And if holiness is a prerequisite for admission into heaven, how do you get to be holy? Many Christians use the word saint in a way that I don't think is very biblical. In case you didn't know, the word saint means holy one. Someone who is holy is a saint. Saints are considered to be quite exceptional individuals. They are few and far between. They are people who almost lived a perfect life, gave up the allurements of the world, denied themselves the pleasures of life, and so were holy. Now let me share what the Bible says about sainthood. There was a church that the apostle Paul founded in the Greek city of Corinth, Corinth was a seaport, and so in that place was all the loose living that usually characterizes seaports. Sexual immorality was rampant. So we're not too surprised that in the church Paul founded there, they dealt with some of these problems in their membership. One man was cohabitating with his stepmother. That would even shock most church people today as low as our standards have fallen. But even with that behavior existing in the church, when he writes to them, he addresses them as those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints. Now, before I go any further, let me disabuse you of the notion that the biblical concept of holiness has nothing to do with how we act. It does. But of course, it's much, much more than outward behavior, although true 
Holiness certainly affects our behavior. But back to our question, how do you get to be holy? First of all, holiness doesn't come from just trying harder. Holiness is imparted. In other words, it's given to you by God. It isn't something that you achieve. I'm sure you'll all agree that Jesus Christ was the holiest person who ever lived on the earth. We might say he was the only truly holy person who ever lived. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that Jesus knew no sin. I can't imagine what it would be like to go through life and never have a moment when you felt guilty about something. Contrary to what some psychologists may tell you, guilt isn't laid on you by society. Guilt is the result of breaking God's moral law. We have this thing that Almighty God put in us called conscience. Sadly, many people today have seared their conscience and so don't feel guilty anymore. But that doesn't mean they are not guilty. Enough on that. Jesus was sinless. He was morally blameless. But even so, he voluntarily died a sinner's death. He gave himself to be crucified like the worst of criminals. As Isaiah put it, he was numbered with the transgressors. And then in that ultimate act of redemption, he took our sin upon his own sinless soul. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here's how the apostle Peter put it. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So now, by faith in him and his work on the cross, his holiness, his righteousness, his moral perfection can be put to our account. Romans teaches that when Jesus died, I died with him. The old Dan Jones, that sinful guy, died on the cross with Christ. A new Dan Jones has risen with him to live a new kind of life. I am a new creation in Christ. Now, you may be thinking, I sure don't feel that. Neither do I most of the time, but our feelings are not what makes this true. God's word says it's true, so that should settle it. How do you make yourself believe this? You do it by planting these words in your heart and saying them to yourself over and over. I'm sure you've heard it said that if you tell a lie enough times, people will believe it. That's true. But how much more, if you tell yourself the truth enough times, will you come to believe it? More than that, the reality of this gracious work of Christ will come true in your life. It is said that you tend to become like the people you associate with. I've lived in New York for 19 years, and while I sometimes still have have a little of the Southern accent, it's not nearly like it was before I came here. The people around you rub off on you. So what does that have to do with holiness? The more you hang around with Jesus, the more his righteousness will rub off on you. Spend time daily in prayer and in the word of God. And on a human level, be with people 
who have this same desire for holiness, for more of God. Turn off the TV. When you think about it, it's really downright shocking the kind of folks we hang out with through electronic media. Stop it. Now, let me say one other important thing. As I'm trying to say here, what Jesus has done for us is what makes us holy. But holiness is not just a theory, but it should begin to show in our lives. So if you've sinned, confess your sins. That's biblical. Check out 1 John 1, 9. And while you're at it, James 5, 16. If you feel guilt, it's probably because you're guilty. Confess your sins. You will find mercy and forgiveness. If you've offended someone, go to them and humble yourself. Confess your wrong and ask their forgiveness. And don't blame them for any of it. Let God handle that. It's important for you to have somebody in your life to whom you can confess, somebody spiritually mature and godly and trustworthy. Your pastor should fill this bill, but if for some reason he does not, find somebody. If you're a lady, it would probably be better for your confessor to also be a lady, but a godly minister will do fine. Let me just remind you that holiness is not the result of our human effort, but the result of Christ's work on Calvary. Stay close to him. Listen to what he said. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in him will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true Disciples, this brings great glory to my Father. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, our purpose is to abide in Christ, to remain in Christ, to walk with him day by day, to keep our eyes fixed upon him, and to trust in his finished work on the cross, that work that brings holiness to us. Lord Jesus, work in us that which is good in our lives, Lord, and may uh, this uh, understanding this truth, believing this truth, produce the actual fruits of holiness in our daily lives. But Lord, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus and not on ourselves and to trust you for all that you have done. In Christ's name we pray, amen. My dear friend, I just want this truth just to, just to percolate in your soul. Just let it settle in and meditate on it. And just look at Romans chapter six and read that. I'd read it every night and ask God to reveal this truth to you. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you.